to the inaugural episode of the Immaculate Podcast here at St. Mary Immaculate. Uh, we're just imperfect Catholic millennials talking about being Catholic. And our first guest, Father Mike McMahon. I almost introduced you as Father Mike Schmitz, but then I didn't want to either soil Father Mike Schmitz's <laughs> name <laughs> or give people, have people just not be interested right yeah, off the top of I the bat. I think what we call that in the business is a lie, John. Uh, <laughs> but I could see why uh, you wouldn't want to soil poor Father, Schm- Father Mike Schmitz. His name, because I'm going to be delivering mediocre content, whereas he delivers excellent content. Immaculate so, content. Yeah, immaculate <laughs> content. Was with Father Mike Schmatz. He might be <laughs> <laughs> delivering excellent content. So, yeah. But thank you for being kind to the listeners and actually tell them who I am. So No, yeah. So, Father Mike McMahon is the associate pastor here at St. Mary Immaculate. Excuse me. I'm the parochial vicar. Parochial vicar. Parochial vicar. My deepest apologies. <laughs> Uh, but he's also a millennial here at our, we, St. Mary Immaculate has quite a few millennials on staff. So that was kind of the genesis of where this podcast kind of came from, because we have a lot of millennials and supposedly the church wants our ideas. So here we go. Yeah. The other genesis of the podcast was listening to Phil Con- Collins in that time that he was in the band Genesis as the drummer, but that's just a reference to the word Genesis. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, since now we, all of a sudden we find ourselves creating Catholic content, uh, Father Mike, I want to just kind of pose the question to you, like what kind of Catholic content do you like? Um, I mean, yeah, as we're boldly wading into the realm of (laughs) Catholic media content in these days, I think the bar is pretty high, first of all, because I think things have been increasing in quality and also, um, Catholics, I think are just getting better at using the quote-unquote new media uh, in our ventures for evangelization, but also catechesis, formation, and even in times just like building communities. So the content that I consume, especially as far as, you know, what we would call Catholic content, I guess you could say, is um, kind of the biggies. So first of all, shout out to my boys over at Catholic Stuff You Should Know. So all the priests from the Companions out in Denver. I actually have been shouted out by name at least once, on that podcast and i think oh, at least nice. alluded to on one other occasion so oh boy that, that's awesome so they're definitely my number one for those who don't listen to that podcast father mike is correct it is an incredible podcast they take a, a topic and they they kind of explore it over the course of an hour and the <laughs> shout outs that father mike was referring to is if you i think if you email the show they'll or give them something or like yeah, specifically interact give, with them in some way. <laughs> if you give them bourbon, you're almost certainly going to get a shout out. But uh, they've gotten more exclusive, so I think now they're limiting to like people that they actually encounter. You know, but it used to be back when it was just you know a backwater podcast. You know, starting out the J10 Initiative, like you could pretty much just email in and get your name. So love Catholic stuff. I've actually spent some time out there with those companion priests in Denver. Really inspiring, and uh, I like that group because they're very human. In the best sense, I think there are priests who are exploring what it is to live Christ in the, you know, in the new millennium, and they're not afraid to go into topics. But what really, um, I think their hallmark is authenticity and a willingness to go deeper. And they're all living out of a relationship primarily with Christ, but then they have a beautiful relationship with each other as brother priests. So that's, uh, and they're all very intelligent guys too. So, um, and then, meanwhile, the banter is just fantastic. Shout out specifically to Father Nathan Goebel, the king of banter on that podcast. Uh, it's it's amazing. Yeah, the 
I think so, there's a, like a divide on the banter, not to turn this podcast into analysis of Catholic stuff you should know, but yeah, their banter is, is something that is like very unique to that show. Are there other Catholic shows that you listen to podcast wise or? Yeah. Also, also out of Colorado, I listen to the Lanky Guys podcast and that is especially, it's primarily a utilitarian relationship with the Lanky Guy podcast. And I'm more likely to listen to their episodes on weekends. I have to preach here at the parish. So obviously being a priest, I'm regularly preparing the homies on the weekends and Lanky Guys, they go through the readings and I think it's Dr. Scott Powell and Father Peter Musset who's a priest of the Archdiocese of Denver, and they unpack the readings, and they they do some very good, um, you know, exegesis and biblical criticism while they're going through the readings. So it's, it's, a, it's a step deeper than just like, oh, how do you feel? Or what, you know, Alexia Divina type of reading. There's also, um, you know, an educated analysis mixed with um, a great, you know, spiritual thread. So I like to listen to them to get... I don't know, I guess you could say the juice is flowing in my own homily preparation. And uh, sometimes there's great ideas that I was like, oh, I need to touch on that in my own homily. Or sometimes it just gets my mind moving. And then, you know, mind goes a different direction. But that's very helpful as a priest. But I think lay people would also love it. You know, especially like if you're looking for a great commentary on the readings that you're preparing for that weekend, they're a great place to listen to. I think we really are in the golden age of this type of stuff, though, because like you said, there is kind of something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like whether you are preparing a homily every week mm-hmm. with a collar on, or if you're just a normal average person, like, yeah, I think there are a lot of different avenues to exploring your faith on the internet, which is something that is really promising. And honestly, for me, a lot of, I, I really enjoy comedic podcasts. I'm, uh-huh. I'm a guy who, when I was in college, I really got into stand-up comedy. And so I really kind of deep dove into certain comedians' podcasts. And I still keep up with that to a certain extent. Uh-huh. But I think they're kind of on the same wavelength as everyone else. They're, they have questions, like all of us, about the big things in life and where we're going and what's what's this all mean. <laughs> Yeah, and th- there's just something about, first of all, the medium of the podcast Yeah, that's really attractive. First of all, the regularity. Um, it's unlike the radio because I think there's a little bit more of a direction uh, that goes into it. Um, but also, like, they, they have their kind of niche market that they can just um, – and then also, it's convenient. So, like, whether you're exercising, you're going for a walk, you know, you're getting ready in the morning, you could just, you know, flip on that podcast and, you know, you're you're getting content – that in a lot of times can be inspiring or just, you know, literally just accompanies you throughout whatever season. So um, I think that would be one of our big hopes for this is mm-hmm. to be a place where people can hang out with not out without necessarily having to contribute anything. But yeah. there is some sort of growth to that, too. Yeah, and that's the weird thing. Like, I think there's a lot of criticism for the Internet and the virtual world because it's artificial. Obviously, it's um, there's a mediation that goes on that is less authentic than real human interaction. Um, and I've seen the downside of that. And I think all of us who are trying to live authentically in this life, like we're looking for real communion with other people, but some of these podcasts, like I think specifically Catholic stuff, you should know. It's almost like you feel like, you know, those priests because there's a real sharing of life that's going on. Not, it's not really crossing lines, like just, you know, expositionist about someone's life, but it's a steady community that they developed around it. And everybody 
feels like they have a relationship with those priests, which has got to be awkward for them because you come up to, you know, one of the four uh, Catholic stuff guys and you're like, oh my gosh, Father John Nepple. Oh my gosh, he's so intelligent and holy. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm meeting him. And he's just like, I have no idea who you are. But, well, but I know you, like, because I've listened to you, like, every week for six years. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's definitely intense because they're more of like a community sense of evangelizing. But then there are also like a ton of great other resources, like Bishop Barron mm-hmm. in particular, Father Mike Schmitz, who we kind of jokingly ribbed at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> but the two of them have incredible content and incredible reach in terms of evangelizing like how do you see ministries like them sprouting up do you think other people will be replicating what they're doing or do you think it's more of uh like oh we can't do what they're doing but it's a good starting point yeah i don't know if anyone will replicate especially what those two you know great priest and bishop are doing but i hope everyone uh does things to complement what they're doing or to be inspired to be enlivened and i think that's in the history of the church, um, you know, a, a single religious community doesn't have, you know, like a trademark or a patent on an evangelistic opportunity, but there are like niche markets. There are some orders that are so successful. They have such a great and beautiful charism. I think of like the Dominicans or the Franciscans and even the Jesuits, like they spread out all over the world. But then there are some communities that like, there's a very specific niche that they attend to that just is limited to a diocese or a single region or a country and they minister to the people there. So I think by analogy, you could say like, well, Word on Fire, for example, is just brilliant content, excellent staff. And then obviously Bishop Barron himself, you know, who just uh, like to do some name dropping here. I was a student of Bishop Barron's when he was uh, still teaching at Mundelein. He was also my rector. Uh, But, you know, he's, he's affecting, you know, the Anglophone world, certainly all over the world, but even beyond that, people devour his content. And he's a man who is really going the extra step and not just delivering content to feed people. He, uh, as we speak, he's launching um, Word on on Fire Institute, which is trying to help the people who already consume his content to become evangelists themselves, sort of like local evangelists that, you know, deal with the new media, but also try to, you know, take the ideas that he's putting out and then actually become, if you will, an ambassador, not for word on fire, not for Bishop Barron, but for Jesus Christ. So in that sense, I think this is the golden age of this medium. I mean, it's, it's kind of unfair to say that since we're in that age, so we can't like crown ourselves like, uh, but there are certainly opportunities. And I mean, obviously Father Mike Schmitz is so popular and he reaches his demographic really well too. I think he's really good at a tuning into like the struggles and the the daily life of especially um young catholics and giving them courage giving them hope and giving them a direction to like practical advice all the way to sort of an apology for how do you live you know apology in the apologist sense how to live the faith you know in your little your little world your little corner of the world rather so yeah it's funny with father mike schmitz i think he does the best work for facebook i think like that's kind Mm -hmm. of where he, he kind of reigns supreme even over Bishop Barron because mm-hmm. Bishop Barron, I almost exclusively go to his website for yeah. the word on fire org or whatever it is. Yeah. Com, uh, for his content, because I know everything is centralized right there. He has a lot of authors that submit things to him and he has that kind of domain mm-hmm. in his in his area, obviously, he shares a lot of that stuff to Facebook. But Father Mike Schmidt seems to just kind of blast stuff to Facebook. And it's interesting, like, how certain 
videos of his come up like at a time when you kind of need them yeah like if it, it's like something that's prevalent in your life and all of a sudden there's a video like father mike schmidt's on blah 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 and you're holy cow right like, that like like how how fortuitous that this would come up at this time too yeah you might say what a bucolic arrangement <laughs> so that's an inside joke sorry about that <laughs> who uses the word bucolic apparently father mike mcmahon but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you evangelize the world online that'll be like your yeah. slogan or using obscure vocab words like bucolic <laughs> every time i listen to his content i have to l- use a dictionary with him. Uh, yeah <laughs> that makes me sound way more intelligent than i am but yeah <laughs> uh yeah so like it's, it's it is exciting just to try and see if we can contribute something here from our little corner at saint mary immaculate uh you know i think of it in a way like that same thought, I think, just to rearticulate, I guess, what I said before, is like certain movements are going to catch on fire and be all over the world, and then certain are just going to affect their immediate area, the immediate region. Um, but God willing, you know, people will find in this something uh, something good, something true, something beautiful, those transcendental categories, um, and just, you know, find people who are going through something similar. Um, and especially in our case, it's unique because you have – a lot of millennial people who are employed by a church or in my case, in my case, you know, being the parochial vicar here at St. Mary Immaculate, uh, we're all trying to wade through the church world with all the, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, the blessed, the beautiful, all those other words you want to attach to it. Um, so that's the unique, you know, aspect of St. Mary Immaculate, just the amount of us. So hopefully as these episodes continue to come out, John will introduce you to more of our staff here at St. Mary Immaculate and they give commentary and, we deliver something that's worth coming back to. Yeah, because we are so fortunate here that we have a lot of millennials on our staff and also just in our parish mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, they'll, those people will be introduced as uh, as the podcast continues to to be recorded and to be shared and that that kind of stuff. I want to go back to the me- the media side of things because there are a lot of catholic podcasts out there and now we're just kind of adding to the to the noise with what we're doing here mm-hmm. i'm curious as to see what you think of labeling something as a particularly catholic podcast is that something i mean obviously you're pro it in a certain extent maybe that's not the way to phrase the question but do you think it's limiting to label something as a po- catholic podcast or whether or not you just have a podcast that touches on catholic issues but isn't overtly catholic yeah i think um it all depends really so i mean i could see someone who's just kind of scrolling through you know itunes looking through different podcasts that they might want to listen to um if you see something you know oh this says catholic on it like you know it depends on in your schema what does catholic refer to like does that imply like authoritarian um patriarchal um or even just things like boring or outdated or um you know that might be some way someone would pass over it if it was it said catholic on it but maybe you're like oh maybe this can be you know maybe you don't understand what catholics are about like how they're still relevant in the 21st century so you're like oh maybe i'll just give you know this podcast a try maybe there'll be an articulation of what those crazy catholics believe um that's convincing and i think that's exactly what Bishop Barron does and Catholic stuff and Father Mike Schmitz, um, you know, they're all, they're all giving an articulation of the ancient faith in a way that's very um, convicting and even healing to the world we live in. So I think they have success, you know, being very frank about their, their Catholic 
um, identity. But at the same time, there's also a value to um, there, there's some other movements that I'm familiar. Um, one that comes to mind is called Love Good Culture, which is uh, run by a very good acquaintance, I should say, probably friend of mine, Jimmy Mitchell, who um, they're seeking to just increase the the level and the, I don't know, the quality of culture in the world, whether that's through um, art, music, they even, you know, share books within their group, but they're not explicitly Catholic, though many of the people who are, you know, intimately engaged in that apostolate are Catholic. It's just trying to promote truth, goodness, and beauty. So it has a very Catholic ethos, but it chooses not to say like, this is a Catholic movement, even though, you know, for all intents and purposes, it it could be said to be a Catholic movement, but, you know, maybe Catholic in the sense of, you know, truly in the sense of like universal, like we'll just, we're just willing to talk to anybody who's listening. So it's, it could be a blessing or curse, but here's the thing. Like if you're going to put Catholic in front of what you're doing, don't be mediocre. Don't be bad. Don't be boring because uh, that, that's what people are going to listen if they hear that it's good. You know, word of mouth spread. So I'm sure there's there's people who listen to Catholic stuff used to know who aren't practicing Catholics, who probably aren't, you know, baptized or even come in contact with it. But because these things are just get out, like in the comment box on, you know, the, uh, the podcast on iTunes. It's like, oh, people keep giving this good ratings and they say it's something more than just like, you know, someone opened up the catechism of the Catholic church and is starting on page one. So, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. If you produce good content, yeah, then it doesn't matter really because mm-hmm. people will be drawn to it and we'll get what they are going to get out of it. And maybe that's what Bishop Barron does really well. He always talks about the nuns, the mm-hmm. N-O-N-E-S nuns, uh, not to be confused. I always find I always get that confused with like I always think Catholic nun. Yeah, like the N-U-N-S. There's, a, there's a real rise in nuns in this country, and you're just like, oh my gosh, the vocation crisis is <laughs> over. <Praise God>. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there is something to that. I think you will get a wider audience if you're just producing good stuff. Yeah, like I think I remember Bishop Barron even talking about whether in class or maybe it was on his podcast and Word on Fire that I listened to, uh, but. He's saying um, this man who is an atheist philosopher who just loved to read St. Thomas Aquinas's uh, Summa Theologia. And you know, he asked, like, well, why do you read it if you don't believe it? It's just like, I love the structure. Like, if you've ever read the Summa. Yeah. First of all, if you've read the Summa and you're not a seminarian or, like, a professor of philosophy or theologian, like, you're either a really intense, beautiful Catholic or you're kind of a nerd. So I'm just going to call you out. I'm going to start this podcast, like, not trying to invite people to more listen, but, like, start picking on you as a listener. So maybe that's a bad tech, technique, John, but, uh, but he just loved the structure of it. So it's like, you know, question, 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 you know, I answer that, you know, respondeo. And then it's like his teaching and then like response, response, response. And uh, he saw the truth, goodness, and beauty of this thing. He didn't assent to it in terms of faith, but no, it does say something like, well, if you're, if, if it is good, you know, we're human beings. So we like to say that we're, you know, we're interested in the good. You know, we're interested in the the convergence of something that's true, that is, that, like, reflects reality and gives an account of experience, um, but also that, you know, leads to a fullness of experience. So um, if we can do that in this podcast and if these other mediums and these other um, movements can do that in theirs, this truly would be a golden age of Catholic evangelization, you know, despite the fact that, we can look all over the Western world and we see the faith, you know, in generally tending towards a decrease, at least numerically. Um, at the same time, I feel very um, encouraged 
that there are all kinds of movements, you know, some of them using the new media, like World on Fire, or, you know, like this little venture we're starting out on, but others like the new evangelization team, you know, Net Ministries, or, you know, Focus, or, um, you know, th- think of Catholic Studies departments propping up, popping up at universities um, throughout the world. Like, there is a, there is a young, um, you know, we could call them in some, a lot of cases millennials, but um, just a, a young Catholic sort of, it's, it's a movement. I think it's a movement of the Holy Spirit that, you know, we might be smaller in numbers proportionally. It's not going to be like the 1950s ethnic parish, like everybody and their brothers, a Catholic who goes to Mass on Sunday. But I think there is an um, articulate, um, realistic, um, authentic group of the faithful, especially I can say about here in the United States. And I think in some regard throughout the Western world that are kind of awake, that previously in other generations may have been dormant. And um, while we might be less in number, there is um, there's a sophistication and an effectiveness about how we engage each other. And as we, you know, share content and share experience and the Lord can use that to, you know, help the church like St. Francis to like rebuild it, to um, come to a fuller expression of what the gospel is in the 21st century here in the U S and around. So it could be time of doom and gloom, but also you can actually choose to look at the light. So that's what I try to do. I don't always do it, but (laughs) awesome. I totally agree. Um, that may be boring for a podcast, but I agree. I encourage everyone to kind of take a look at a lot of those different mediums out there because you may find something that you really like, may vibe with, with what you're trying to find Catholic-wise. Catholic I think they all have incredible content that is worth listening to anyways. And so with that, we'll wrap up our inaugural episode. I just want to thank you again, Father Mike, for, for stopping by. And... Uh, we'll be trying to release these on a weekly basis going forward. Uh, you'll hear from more people on our staff and hopefully more people millennial millennial age and beyond going forward as well too. But I think this is this was a successful episode. I think first first go around. When you said like millennial and beyond, like I thought of Buzz Lightyear, like for millennials and beyond. <laughs> so yeah, God bless you. Thank you for listening and. If you didn't enjoy it, hopefully it gets you out of purgatory sooner. Thanks, Father. (laughs)